All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. I went into work the other day and I was uh, checking in at the thermometer station. Yeah. And I think I must have been talking out loud because <laughs> it was like known in the atmosphere of the office that I was there. Okay. Do you have enough light? I moved the lights. Yeah, it's fine. Do you feel like you're sitting in the dark? No, it's great. Uh, anyway, so I, I might have said like hello to Kate or somebody else. Um, and then I was standing by myself and I was uh, checking my temperature and I just heard this disembodied voice say, almost not to me at all, welcome to work, Colin. And it was like from around the corner and I <laughs> and I think it was a male voice. Yeah. But it was like, it was so subtle and almost to themselves. As if like they were also in the middle of doing something else. Right. That I could not identify who the person was. Oh my God. But I just subtly heard, welcome to work, Colin. <laughs> and I was like, thanks. That was it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who it was. Wow. Yeah. That's a kind of a nice, nice way to start. No, it was. It was warm. I feel like you say that to yourself when you are at the thermometer station. Yeah. Welcome, welcome to, work, to work, Colin. Colin. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. Beep, beep. Another day, another dollar. Ah, 36.2. Hitting the airwaves. <laughs> That's right. 36.2 or 97.1. I wonder if you and I will have more to catch up on. I hope so. Now that we're only seeing each other once a week. Evidently not, because I opened with that fabulous anecdote about being welcomed to work by a, <laughs> by, by a co-worker. By a disembodied voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I missed you. I missed you too, buddy. Thanks. But it's nice to have this, like... You know, there'd be some weeks where we wouldn't see each other anyway, and it would just be this. Somebody said that to me the other day, like, oh, I miss Matt. And I was like, yeah, me too. I miss I miss him at work, but I don't have to miss you quite as much as other co-workers would have. Right. Oh, and they've all asked me to start podcasts with them too. That would be weird. <laughs> Imagine do it? I, Monday through Friday, I have a podcast <laughs> with a different former co-worker. <laughs> yes, I can imagine. And I, I am mad just thinking about it. <laughs> I think we could come up with some interesting topics. Nope. I'm jealous already. Okay. Don't do this to me. It's the, uh, I don't even know. I'm trying to think of like inside jokes of like certain products that we would be talking about. It just won't that land. That clearly let, now I know. No. So I won't do it. I, I can't believe I'm going to share this. I think I'm in, Ooh. I think I'm having a quarter life crisis, which is crazy because I'm too old for a quarter life crisis. Okay. Like unless, unless Elon comes up with something, I'm not going to live to 120. Mm -hmm. um, you're going to laugh when I tell you what I bought and that's okay because it's ridiculous. <laughs> All right. I'm ready. I bought a skateboard the other day. No, you didn't. <laughs> yes, I did. Can we go drop into the bowl up at the commons? You know what it is? Uh, I had a skateboard when I was a little kid because I thought skateboards were rad. Yeah. But I wasn't brave enough to use it properly. Okay. So it just kind of sat in the garage. Yeah. And I never even like w could go fast enough on it to get momentum for the same reason I can't stop when I'm on skates because I'm not going to put myself in a position where I have to actually shape my body that way because I'll go flying. And I knew that to be the case with skateboards as well. Yeah. And so eventually the skateboard just got like sold in a yard sale or something. And now I'm going to be 30 and there's still this nagging, you don't know how to skateboard thing, except, yeah. except I'm going to be 30. <laughs> Sweets, this is the top 10 most surprising thing you could have told me tonight. I know. This well, is incredible. So you bought it already? Yeah. I used it once. Where'd you use it? At the There's a path up the hill. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know the path. 
And it's tough because it, a, any little bump or crack in the road yeah. will divert you. It's true. And you're 30. <laughs> That's the biggest part. No, I like it. I I want to do it specifically for like going to the park by the sportsplex. Like actually like a skate park? Yeah. Because I, I couldn't want to do that less. I, I only want to just like like kind of just ride around the bowl like nonchalantly. Yeah. You know, kind of like using the momentum of the bowl and like carving. This like, is this is what I said to Becky is like this is a real indicator of my 30 dumb. I want a skateboard to get from A to B. <laughs> yeah, you're using it as a mode of transportation. Yeah, I kind of am. Because those are the only 30 year olds who can even partially pull it off mm-hmm. is the guys who are just like like cruising by love it i'm never gonna be that guy though i don't have the the coordination well you could i haven't thus far hmm well how much time have you put into no it? i mean i haven't in my life thus far oh okay <laughs> <laughs> so you went up to the path describe the timing here it was like it's like the middle of the day middle of the day yeah so before work or was it on no a it, was, it was a weekend i think it was saturday okay and I'm, I was really afraid that as soon as I got there, I would feel really exposed and and like I was being judged. And, sure. But maybe I was. But once I got there, I actually didn't mind. I had I had a certain... Um, uh, Je ne sais quoi. Well, yeah. I had a kind of a free-spirited attitude about okay. it. And it was just fun being nice. at the park. And I probably looked very clumsy and wobbly, but it was it was cool. Were you with Becky? Yeah, she filmed me. Nice. And I, and I wanted to see the video. And she discouraged my looking at the video. Oh, amazing. Because of how clumsy I looked. And I insisted. And she was right. <laughs> you wish you didn't see the video at all. I like to picture Becky kind of like w- walking alongside you, holding your hand. <laughs> <laughs> letting you glide. You know what I should get is one of those uh, office chairs. Like, like you know, you go to the the rink and like a kid has a chair. And yeah. They're using it as like a stand. That's right. One of those. Okay. Or... Have we thought of leveling up on this whole idea? Have we thought about, my man, you, you could be a hoverboard man. Well, it's funny you say that because I th- I think at the end of the day, all of this is rooted in my skateboard hero, Marty McFly. Sure. I'm sure that's what this right. is all based in. Yep. Were you wearing your orange puffy vest up there? <laughs> <laughs> Singing Huey Lewis. <laughs> it's hip to be square. <laughs> um, so last question. Okay. Not even a question, more just a statement. I saw a guy going on. It's it was kind of like a hoverboard, but it was like a one of those one wheeled skateboards. Okay, where like if you lean more on the front, I think it like goes faster, and then if you lean on the back, it stops. Right. And I was like, man, sign me up for that. That is like an A to B mode of transportation. It's kind of like a Segway without handles. Yeah, yeah. And I've seen them like boosted boards. Those were something that were selling for like. $700 last year, I yeah. think, or the last couple of years. Well, do you remember maybe like six years ago, they called them hoverboards, right? They weren't, they didn't hover at all. I guess it was just a back to the future reference, but yeah. there were those like motorized wheel boards. Oh yeah. Those are still around, I think. Well, I think they kind of are, but like for a hot second, they were an insane commodity. Everybody was getting these for their kids and then they were frequently exploding Beneath right. people's Christmas trees. Do you remember that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's bring back good memories. Yeah. Pete Davidson had one. Yeah. I would if, like if we were at the office together, how awesome would that be to have a little hoverboard to like if I was hovering to the printer and back? Yeah. Until you wipe out colliding with somebody. Yeah. That's fair. 
Right. We, I mean, we have. We I'd have, be fine. We have directional hallways at work now. That's true. It's built for this. It's true. Anyway, I already regret sharing this with you. No, you shouldn't. I, I love it. This is like the the most vulnerable thing you've ever told me. And it is uh, vulnerable, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And I admire it. It took courage. Like I said. For it, you to go it, out and get a skateboard. It's clearly a quarter life crisis thing. Well, is it weird for me to not expect you to try kind of like, I expect you to try new things, but I don't expect you to try necessarily. Athletic like, things, active things. It's There's even a different shade to like an athletic or active thing because it's skateboarding. Well, it's a very cultural thing. Yeah, maybe that's yeah. it. It's a very cultural thing. I don't know. Like, I mean, even if you were more broad than that, like for me to, to go out of my way with any kind of like activity is unusual. Well, it took you a bit to get into running. I remember you going like, I hate the idea of people exactly. seeing me run. Yep. Like that seems like the worst thing ever. Now you don't care. I don't care at all. In fact, I'm like, screw you guys. I'm a runner. Yeah. Um, but for sure, the first few times I did that, I was like, am, am I doing this like Phoebe or something? Mm -hmm. What What's what's the matter? Why are <laughs> last, all eyes on me? Last time I saw you running, you actually had two middle fingers up oh, yeah, in that's, the air while you were. Is that running. not how everybody runs? I mean, that's, it's it's how you do it. And, and that's I sign off. That's just it. my attitude about life in general. Yeah. <laughs> um, a couple summers ago, me and my buddies played a lot of basketball. Oh, sweet. Just like three of us. Yeah. would just like shoot hoops and like three of the people I'm like most comfortable with. And mm -hmm. so it wasn't uh, stepping outside my my comfort zone thing. And maybe it helps also that I think it's pretty well understood that like this is not really my typical vibe. Sure. But if I try a little bit, it'll probably be kind of fun. Um, but I've never liked any kind of like competitive sports. I was in curling for seven years as a little kid. Right. <laughs> and then it got too competitive and I was like, I don't want this anymore. You're like, there's too much pressure on me. There was. Yeah. There kind of was. It, got, it gets to a point where it was like, you are this age, and so now your peers in the tournament want to like get up at 5 a.m. on Saturdays and like be, take it really seriously. Right. And there's and just too much pressure. to destroy you. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I wasn't, I wasn't good enough at it to feel like I wasn't going to let people down. Right. Um, and so I didn't enjoy the competitive aspect. I dig. Like, did you find that you got to uh, a certain level where you could throw a stone and it would throw a rock, I guess, yep. and like you could land in the house consistently? Probably not consistently because right. I wasn't that good at it, but I did yeah. it for seven years. Right. I do wonder, because I haven't done it in that long or longer, I wonder if I could do it at all anymore, mm. if there's any kind of muscle memory. I bet there is. Seven years is a good amount of time. Yeah, probably. Probably so. Every now and then I'll like catch it on TV and mm -hmm. I do find it pretty watchful, right. watch, watchable, watchable, watchful <laughs> and suspenseful. Right. Yeah. Did Ross do it as well? Yes. And more competitively than me. He's a more competitive person right. in general. than. And me. He, did he stick with it? For longer than I did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and he like, I don't know what put an end to that. You're like Ross went to junior worlds and after that he was, <laughs> he was pretty much done. Yeah. Ross is, has a silver medal in the Olympics, <laughs> yeah. you know? <laughs> Uh, there was a sports thing I wanted to ask you about. Oh, did you watch the Masters? Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Were they yeah. good this year? Um, they were They were decent. So Hideki Matsuyama was the winner. He's the first Japanese uh, player to ever win. Yeah. So that was a huge deal. Like apparently when he wins a tournament in Japan, they like, like the media like takes pictures of his clubs and apparently they post like every single this is what one of the announcers said which i found hard to believe they 
they'll post like every single club that he used in the papers. <laughs> separate photos? Yeah. <laughs> like this is insane. And here's why, the seven why would iron. They do that? that is bizarre. But um but yeah, so he's a he's a huge deal there and they kept panning to the the Japanese feed too. So you'd hear the Japanese announcers and that was kind of entertaining. Yeah. Cuz they like super like, it would be like if like we had a Canadian that was kind of in the mix going into the last day. Like he was I think tied for 6th place, Corey yeah. Connors, and then he kind of fell apart, I think, but mm-hmm. But it was the same thing when Mike Weir was in it. Like you know, I remember that vaguely. Like that was that was huge. But whatever happened like to Mike Weir? Like he peaked then, and then he just he, kind of couldn't he get, get it back. He got some bad injuries, I think. Okay. Um, like knee and and back stuff, and then just never really competed at a high level after. So this Hideki is that his name? Hideki Matsuyama. So he has a bit of a hometown hero vibe now. Yeah. Well, in Japan. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Good. Good. And, and it's. It's funny, like he he doesn't speak English at all. Like mm-hmm. it, that had to be done through an interpreter. Like that never happens. Yep. Um. So yeah, that was that was really neat. And there were some some big names kind of in the finals. The big thing too was that um, Will Zalatoris. Mm-hmm. He's this little skinny uh, white kid with blonde hair, and he looks like the caddy from Happy Gilmore. You know the kid. Oh yeah, like, Mr. The, Gilmore, the I'm first your caddy. kitty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He actually has that stamped on his on his uh wedges like mr gilmore i'm your caddy so people say that about him totally that's that, like sweet. it's a going thing and and so going into the masters like everyone was making this joke like crazy to see that this kid went from caddy to player and uh adam sandler tweeted him and was like i'm so proud of you son like uh. you, you like went al- and and he's like mr gilmore if you ever need a caddy again like they're, <laughs> they're making a big joke of it so it was it was cool, and he's like a super like skinny guy. Like again, he looks like the caddy from Happy Gilmore. I watched that movie maybe a year ago for the first time in quite a long time, yeah. and it totally holds up. Yeah, we were talking about this on one of the one of the pods. How yeah. it has zero fat on it. No, no, like it's it, a perfect it movie. Is, it is actually a perfect yeah. movie. It's it's airtight, and yeah. it's and it really like there's not a whole lot of stuff in it that doesn't age well. Like you get a little worried with raunchy '90s comedies, but there's like nothing. It's actually very wholesome. Yeah, it's just a movie about like a guy with an anger problem who loves his grandmother so much. If, if so, yeah, you're right. <laughs> if someone had uh, like, tell me a hot take. I'd never be able to come up with one, but I think that is a great hot take to have. Yeah. That Happy Gilmore is like a really like fine five star movie. Yeah, that is a good take. Yeah, I think that's true. So, do you think that the winner of this year's Masters is, in a way, happy about Tiger's accident? <laughs> I I think like other than the fact that he won, the second most talked about thing was probably like, and you know, just a shame that Tiger couldn't be here today. And right. we do hope we get him back soon. With like, well, I think Tiger's in a full body cast, like. How much over the speed limit was he going? He's like communicating with, oh, like 40 miles per it, hour. It's insane. Yeah. What a God complex. Yeah. Well, and I don't know if he like like fell asleep at the wheel and then his foot just went to the floor. So he was driving a Hyundai and he was coming back from a Hyundai event. And in a way, this has turned out to be kind of a good commercial for Hyundai, hasn't it? Because if he's going that much over the speed limit... And yeah. he might golf again. Right. That's kind of a miracle. And it even said the Genesis Invitational on the side of like, you could yeah. read that. From, oh, yeah. Like the aerial shots and stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, I was kind of wondering about that. Gen- Hardcore guerrilla marketing. Yeah. So Genesis, I guess he's got to deal with Genesis. And he used to have a deal with Buick. And I think at one point Buick like blew up their deal. I think they dropped him after the sex scandal. Yeah. Which yeah. was dumb. Yeah. I mean, I guess I hindsight's twenty twenty. A, l- a lot of companies did part 
ways with him. He looked, he was pretty nuclear for a while. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, but no one really saw the video full on. They just kind of saw the, the like DUI picture. Yeah. Anyways. Right. But it was a tough year that year for Tiger. That was a tough year for Tiger. I rewatched Boyhood this week. Oh, interesting. I don't know what drew me to watch it. I think I remembered it as like this movie that I loved a ton when it came out and I hadn't seen it since. And I did have kind of different feelings about it this time. Mm. I still think it's kind of, uh, not a masterpiece, but I, I still think it's kind of incredible yeah. that it exists. What I found is that um, other than Patricia Arquette and Ethan Hawke, there's not a single good actor in the movie. Right. Not one. Yeah. And there's a lot of people in the movie. And it sucks because like when you have a child actor, you, you, you're stuck with what you're stuck with. Well, Linklater put his daughter in the movie. Like she plays the sister. Uh, and she's really annoying as a little kid. Yeah. And then she doesn't get any better as an adult. But I, I, I think so the story goes. She didn't want to be an actor anymore. And so he, he allowed her not to be in the movie as much. Gotcha. In the latter years. <laughs> what a nice allowance. But the kid who played Mason is awful. Right. And, and isn't he coming up in something soon? I'd be surprised. Yeah. The only other movie I've seen him in is The Circle, which right. kind of tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But Ethan Hawke is amazing. I, th I think Ethan Hawke is like kind of just a, a, a miracle artist. I love that guy. Yeah. And Patricia Arquette. She's really good too, Patricia Arquette. Yeah. I found her kind of tough to watch in the movie. She but won I think for it. I think it's because she, yeah, is so traumatized throughout. I mean, it's one of those movies that celebrates mundanity. Mm -hmm. Like there's really no arc to it like, right. other than, oh, wow, now his hair is long again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I watched that on a plane back from Spain. Good plane movie. To home. It's one of those plane movies that you, I don't think I've ever forgotten a plane movie. Any movie that I turn on, I remember if I watched it on a plane. You know why that is? No. So because of the change in uh, air pressure, you have uh, a heightened sense of your emotions when you are on an airplane. You're so kidding. You're way more likely to cry in a movie on an airplane. That's why you get drunk faster on an airplane. Huh. So I like potentially don't enjoy the movies as much. True. I might just like, they might kind of stick I mean, out. I mean, unless, I, I guess unless you were to hate it and then you'd probably hate it more. Right. I think but it's still, just, it, would it just be makes a, you more sensitive. More of a visceral memory. Yeah. Interesting. Right. Okay. Wow. Um, so Boyhood, still kind of good. Go watch it if you haven't. I don't know how rewatchable it is, is okay. what I'm trying to say. Is yeah. the, the acting's not that good, but like, what a neat experiment. And then constantly I'm aware of the fact that Linklater's now doing Merrily this. Merrily We Roll Along. Yeah, 20 year Merrily We Roll Along. Um, interesting guy, that and, Richard Linklater. But I've never seen a movie of his that I didn't love. Right. So. And, and this is the <laughs> this is the same movie that we think um, we might lose people along the way that will have to be sorted in the next year. Oh yeah, the but the fellow who's playing the lead, who's also the lead in uh, Everybody Wants Some. Yeah, he's he had the big spousal abuse scandal with right. with Supergirl. Yeah, I forget his name now. But yeah, he's not going to be a movie star in twenty years. So if he's if he comes back and is the star of a movie in twenty years, we're going to find that odd. Right. But do you think potentially just like continuing on with this, like having that twenty year contract, is going to Maybe people will be like, you know, he's still acting like we're not. I mean, you have that option or you've only shot two of 20 years worth and maybe you start over. Right. Or maybe you find a way to um, all the money in the world him. Right. 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 Because right. you don't have that much on film yet. Right. Except the director has a relationship with this actor. Mm -hmm. 
Maybe you have to have a tough conversation. You're like, listen, they're, I gotta, I gotta look over the movie. They're gonna have to put Army Hammer's head on <laughs> through the wrestling. <laughs> That's probably a mistake. I'm starting to worry that Death on the Nile is never gonna be seen. No, I don't think it is. Why? Oh, I want to see it so bad. There's so many other good actors in that movie. It's true. People line up to see Gal Gadot. Mm-hmm. Russell Brand is in Death on the Nile. We just talked is about he? him. Yeah. Why'd we just talk about him? You and I had a whole chat about him last week. Okay, right. You were here for that. I was here for that. It yeah. was good. Right. Good times. I'm a little slurry tonight. My words are running together. Well, my words were probably running together a little more last week, which leads me into why the memory might have been a bit foggier. You were fine. Of... Okay, good. I think you were fine. Good, good. You were fine. It was it was the last day of work podcast, so there's some a, drinks were had after work, and then some drinks were had here. There's like a few uh, entertainment news things. There's it's, not. There's it's not pretty a ton. slow. Well, yeah. it's a little slow. A lot of the entertainment news this week is consumed by a couple of things. There's the Bachelor who came out as gay, which I don't know anything about. I don't need to talk about that. Okay. And then like a lot of people who live in Los Angeles are just. Um, mourning the Arclight Hollywood, which is this like historic movie theater that's not reopening. So people Ah. are very sad and there's all these like little mini movements. Yeah, like Jonah Ray worked at the Arclight. Save the Arclight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Sean Fennessy is crazy about the Arclight. And I don't have any frame of reference except all of this talk about the Arclight um, does have me thinking about the Oxford a little bit more often, Mm -hmm. which was our like classic movie house that we lost like two or three years ago. Totally. And it was not like... Like, there was no AC at the Oxford. Like yeah. you, there, you couldn't even go there to escape a summer's heat, which is one of the main reasons to go to the movies. Right. Um, and the seats were like, actually, the seats were pretty good, and there was more leg room in that theater. And there was a balcony. I think I saw Boyhood at the Oxford. In fact, whoa. But I do Long understand. Movie. I do understand. You know, a, like a wistfulness for the specialness of a movie theater because there. And I like going to the movies, but there's nothing special about like chain movie theaters anymore. No, um, I actually, that's where we went after, for after work drinks last Thursday was to the Oxford tap room. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Yes. That's a which beer is tap now, room now. It's yeah. now a beer tap room. Which and is a climbing cool. gym as well. And, yeah. Which, I mean, it's better than it being like, I don't know, condos. some sort of like, yes, yeah. so much better than it being condos called like the theater lofts, which is a thing somewhere. Well, and when you order like your climbing gear, it's yeah. still, um, the same candy counter like they didn't right. move they didn't gut the room they just kind of like changed out the stuff nice you're right they would so if it was a condo complex it was like luxury apartments they would call it like um the the cinema building or right. something they would call it something annoying flicks on oxford <laughs> flicks yeah that would be horrifying yeah yeah so so i'm happy about it people are going there people are enjoying it they built like a cool little thing out of it it's like you know, a, a local brewery that's also been a bit of a fixture in Halifax. Yeah. I'm, I'm cool with it. I'm starting to notice a pattern with fans of Jeopardy. I'm bringing up Jeopardy hosting. Okay. Again. So for this, a, this is, I know what you're going to say. And yeah. this is probably like the biggest thing that's been talked about for the past week in entertainment news. It's really big if you follow Reddit. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and for a little while now, there's been something of, uh, a movement to get LeVar Burton to take over the show. Mm-hmm. And I have a few feelings about that. Like for sure, I want to see him in a, a guest, a guest role um, 
uh, uh, position of some kind. I'd love to see him host the show. And he's made it known that he wants the job full time already. Right. I've said many times to you on this podcast, I think that job's probably harder than it looks. Yep. And I think more than likely he could do it because mm-hmm. we've seen Aaron Rodgers do it now. And how, how did he do it? Um, he's not exactly P.T. Barnum or anything. <laughs> sure. But he's doing okay. Yeah. Like five episodes in, he's like come out of his shell a little bit. He's what in the football world we would call a game manager. Oh, okay. He's kind of like team dad. Uh, I guess like, I don't know, like a game manager would be like someone who's like not super flashy, but like gets the job done, moves the ball down the field as it were. That's exactly what he's doing yeah. on, Je- on Jeopardy. He's he- moving the ball down the field. Okay. Um, and he's likable. There is some kind of like quality to him where I find like every now and then he'll attempt a very gentle joke. Okay. And it works for me. Nice. But I don't want him to get the job full time. No, and he won't. No. And he no. doesn't want it. Right. And there's no threat. Like it's there's no like uh uh damage being done to the sanctity of Jeopardy intellectualism like there was with Mehmet Oz. Right. And so I enjoy Aaron Rodgers in his little stint. And I would very much enjoy LeVar Burton. And if he's good, I'm game for him taking over the show as right. well. But this is a little bit like when Reddit decides that Sasha Baron Cohen has to play Freddie Mercury right. without having seen that yeah. work. Or that Idris Elba has to play James Bond as if there aren't other options. Right. Um, I think what you're doing is you're, two things. You're setting yourself up for disappointment. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're also putting the producers in a difficult place when I'm sorry, they know better than you. Yeah. Because it's getting to the point where like, I, well, I just don't think it's a democracy. I don't think that it's I not. Think you can have an opinion, but like every day there's a new goddamn post on, on Reddit about how LeVar Burton has to host Jeopardy. And here's the thing. He doesn't. Right. It would be cool, but yeah. he doesn't have to. Right. I think, I think people are saying, give him a shot at it. Maybe. Maybe that's what some people are saying. <laughs> I think that's what I'm seeing, what I've seen on Reddit so yeah. far. Um, do, did I tell you about Buzzy Cohen? I think I told you before that there's like a pretty well-liked former Jeopardy champion named Buzzy Cohen. Okay. Yeah. He I wears so. like, he has like big crazy glasses and he usually wears like flashy loud suits and bow ties. Okay. He wears a dunce cap with a little helicopter. Well, he's kind of looks like a cartoon character okay. and his name is Buzzy Cohen. <laughs> yeah. And he has also vocalized he did even when alex hosted the show that like his dream is to be the host of jeopardy uh and he is gonna get uh, a turn to host wow and not just any turn he gets to host the tournament of champions in may whoa so they see something in this guy they like buzzy yeah i also think it's (laughs) safe because like the thing is you don't get dr oz to host the tournament of champions you have to get somebody the jeopardy fan base definitely likes and we know they like buzzy cohen they do Oh, yeah, I like him. Uh, okay, yeah. Cool. Like, he's up there with, like, your Kens and your Holzhauers. Like, yeah. he's one of those guys who's who's just good TV, and he's great at the game. And you've seen him play, and he's, like, a likable guy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he won the Tournament of Champions. Cool. I mean, he must have. He's got cred. Done. So um, that's going to happen. Is there any other... I'm trying to think. Some like, deaths. A couple of geezers died. Who's that? Prince Philip died. Right. That was one. And old DMX. Yeah, he's not one of the geezers. He was no, a young okay. fellow. That's pretty yeah. sad. That is sad. Galen Weston died. Yes, and not the superstar Galen Weston. Wh- what? No. Yes. No. His dad. It's it's a different Galen Weston. No I, way. I kid you not. I clicked the link yesterday. He is not the superstar what? Galen Weston. There's another Galen Weston. I figured, Galen I figured Weston. that Galen Weston from the commercials had a dad named Galen Weston no. who died. 
No, he was. Well, I don't think so. I I looked into it a little bit yesterday, and I was like, this is an incredible misunderstanding. That is a remarkable coincidence. Like, I got I got I got to look this up. Hang on a second, Galen Weston. I've never even heard someone else named Galen, must much less Galen Weston. To the point that I thought, like, nothing about. No, he is the father of Superstore Galen Weston. Oh, he is. Yes. Okay. W. Galen Weston, billionaire and retail visionary, is dead. Galen Weston Jr. seen here in a picture with his father. Oh, okay. Well, you you did a better research job than I did. Well, this is better than having uh, my dad explain it to us in an audio clip, which he was he definitely was so gunning for. Ready he was so do. ready. <laughs> I was no. I clicked the link yesterday, and I I kind of maybe I was just like tied up with other things, but I was like. I think I kind of like read through the first paragraph and I was like, not the same Galen Weston. Interesting. Yeah. They must've been talking about Galen Weston Jr. Like just so, just so you know, it's not the young guy from the commercials with right. the dorky glasses. Right. Yeah. I, I like him. Do you like him? Yeah. Okay. Okay. The other, the other geezer who died is uh, Bernie Madoff. He died. Right. Yeah. Yes. He died in prison. Mm -hmm. Natural causes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I saw something posted that was like 80% of the losses of that bernie madoff was responsible for we're actually recovered and i was like does this mean we should have like, okay like let him go i something? was talking to my dad about it and he made some comment about how he really hates bernie madoff and sure and that's how you know my dad doesn't have a skateboard because he really hates bernie madoff <laughs> that's his twitter bio yeah that's it i really hate that lousy old bernie madoff. hate bernie madoff don't have a skateboard don't have a skateboard and here i am blurring the lines shaking it up that's right. We're in Dartmouth, baby. Do you maybe love Bernie Madoff? Uh, I don't know. Okay. No, I don't think so. I don't know enough about Bernie Madoff, but it seems that he's responsible for like the largest Ponzi scheme of all time. Is yeah, that... you pretty much nailed it. Yeah, okay. So yeah. I think he's probably a bad dude. Yeah. Probably robbed a lot of people of their money. Sure did. Yeah, okay. I don't like that guy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Never trust Bernie Madoff. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great lesson. That's, that's what you got to know. Okay, Bridgerton renewed for seasons three and four, which yeah. seems premature, doesn't it? We didn't even do two yet. No, I know. And Reggae Jean isn't there for two. Yeah, your star, and you're your, willing your to breakout stars already left the show. Maybe that was kind of like a double down on the show's part. Like, listen, sign us up for seasons three and four, and yacht us. You know what's going to happen though? Reggae Jean's going to come back in season three or four, right. and it's going to be this big thing. Like he's he's been generous enough to return to Bridgerton, right? Meanwhile, he's not James Bond, and it's going to be like, nor Superman's my grandfather. My name is Jean Valjean, except he'll say, "My name is Reggae Jean." <laughs> I don't think you're singing anything from Les Mis. I'm not. I don't think at any point he says, "My name is Jean Valjean." <laughs> Maybe I'm con conflating that with Hamilton. My name is Alexander Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Good. You're 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 firing on all cylinders. Today. You think so? Yeah, I think you're doing great. That's good. Uh, we talked about George Clooney last week. Sugar is at week. a four point two for the record. So great. if we want to know, four point two is like the real. That's your sweet point. spot, so yeah. to speak. That's right. Uh, George Clooney has in fact been in six seasons of ER and over a hundred episodes. Just to to clear up something yeah, that he, we talked about last week, I bring him up because he and Noah Wiley and Juliana Margulies are all returning for an ER cast reunion. Right. But really, it's I'm bringing be it up because biggest we, friends. That's right. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> Not so much. Uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Mads Mikkelsen joining Harrison Ford in Indiana Jones Five. This lends it a little bit of credibility. Mm -hmm. Not that Indiana Jones needs credibility, but obviously, like half of the Indiana Jones movies are not good movies, right? So, and Mads is going to be the villain, probably. I mean, usually, yeah, 
He was he was the Bond villain in in uh, Casino, Casino Royale. Royale. Yeah. yeah, he's good. He's very good. He's good. He's a good guy in Rogue One. He's a good guy in that French movie, the drinking movie. I still want to see that. Yeah, me too. I've actually Another really been really slacking on uh, Oscar movies. Yeah, me too. They're like in a, in like eight days. The Did Oscars. you watch No Man Land? No. It's on, it's on Disney Plus. Really? Because I've searched it like every day since it's supposed to have come out and I can't find it. Really? Yeah. And you're not on Stars Plus? Yeah, I'm on there. Do I have to pay extra? I don't know. I don't think so. Because I'll definitely watch it if I don't pay extra. I'm going to watch it anyway because it's going to win Best Picture and okay. Best Director and very likely Best Actress. Like it's going right. to sweep up. Yeah. I yeah I'm not excited for it, but I feel like it's like I have to watch it. I kind of am. The buzz around it is that it's a little pro Amazon, which is considered <laughs> to be a bit of an issue with the movie. What a strange. Why is it not on Amazon Prime? Why is Disney Plus getting the rights to it? I don't know. It's a good question. They're like, you know what? As a matter of fact, we don't need no stinking union. Let's just keep up with Nomadland <laughs> and Amazon. I don't know how pro Amazon it is. I don't really know that much about the movie. Mm -hmm. I just know that it's it features. Right. Okay. What do we think about Phoebe Waller-Bridge being an Indiana Jones? There's something strange about her because she she rose to immense success with this thing that is as indie as a thing can be. Yeah. Like, like initially, Fleabag was initially just her. Mm -hmm. right yeah uh that's independent and then she made it as big as a show can be mm -hmm. because just based on its merits yep and now she's got her toes in these big franchises which yeah. is fine but she's in a star wars movie she wrote a james bond movie she's indiana jones mm -hmm. so like she's not indiana jones <laughs> although i'd be into that <laughs> um and why do I feel strange about that? Why do I feel a little conflicted about this idea of the cross-pollination of the artiste and the movie star? Maybe it's that she's like getting so big that it's like becoming a, a bit of a... Like she's jumping on everything that they're giving her. Hmm. And you're going like, oh, we're getting Phoebe Waller-Bridge saturation at this point. It's right. too much. But one thing we know about her is that she's a little bit impervious to the bright lights in big city because she has decided she does she has the integrity mm -hmm. not to go forth with more flea bag when for sure they would be happy to do that yeah that's true big Ma integrity move but maybe that's her being more scared maybe like she's like that this third season isn't gonna live up to it i think that is what happened actually yeah she said that about season two in fact she didn't want to do season two and then she had an idea Right. Well, I don't know if it was like. I guess it was just the hot priest. I would just. I would just put it on the back burner, like curb your enthusiasm. If it takes three years, go like sure another season. Well, you know that's how I felt about normal people when I was in my normal people headspace. Right. I was like, they can just come back and do another season when the 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 mood is right. Yeah. And now that I have uh, a year distance from that, I'm like, no, never touch that. It's good. Phoebe Waller Bridge was in the second season of Broadchurch. Yeah. Okay. Is, isn't that strange? She, and she wasn't really a main character. She was kind of like... I think she was just a working actress for yeah, a long time. There was a, a bad lawyer, and she played like the sidekick to the bad lawyer. That's probably how she managed to get Olivia Coleman in Fleabag. That's exactly right, I think. Yeah. Like, I think that was where the, the connection happened. She also had another show before Fleabag. It was called Crashing, Crashing, which she was the star and writer of. Yeah. For one season? I don't know how long it was on. Maybe I think more. it was critically acclaimed, but like it's a little bit more... Uh, formulaic and and doesn't stay with you quite as long mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. interesting i do work with a lot of people from the uk now i could potentially just ask them if they know phoebe waller bridge if they know 
Phoebe Waller-Bridge and... If, so do you guys if, know Phoebe Waller-Bridge? If crashing was a mainstream success. I don't know. I, I don't know if you have to ask your new coworkers. Such a <laughs> such a niche question. Next team meeting. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's clear the air. I got to know My something. name's Bat. Live I'm the new guy. Big QQ for you guys. <laughs> I heard that uh, Team GB at this year's Olympics have requested 45,000 tea bags for their uh their residents and i think that's just so on brand oh man if the if the american bros heard them request forty five thousand tea bags <laughs> gentlemen let's get together oh god <laughs> am i right you have the instinct to go there that's, what does that say about you as that i'm a bad person yeah, with a bad I've, mind that's what i've always said <laughs> pete davidson's gonna play joey ramone well not sure what that means okay yeah check we talked about that oh wait do we think he's gonna play joey ramone in like like uh the same way that machine gun kelly played tommy lee is that the connection there well what do you mean like in the same is universe it, no i or mean is, like, is, like like the, did the the did, integrity of the film going to be roughly on par did the dirt people come to uh pete and go hey we want to do a ramones movie are you in that's if very we get you yeah we'll get everyone that's very possible i don't know like the pedigree of this movie i slept with joey ramone is what it's called okay um but you and i both watched the dirt mm-hmm. and it's not great but it's right. kind of as good as a movie called the dirt could be and we know that and machine gun kelly is kind of good as tommy lee he's not bad yeah we know that pete does date Bridgerton girl, right? Did we discuss this? We didn't talk about this. I know. That's kind of like, crazy. It's it's you remember that um that movie with Dane Cook, Good Luck Chuck? Yeah. He's, he's good luck Chuck. He's good luck Chuck, isn't he? Yeah, a little bit. He's with like Jessica Beal and Jessica Simpson and Jessica Alba. Not, Was that not like, Jessica Beale or not no not none of those, in fact. Oh no, wait, good luck Chuck. Jessica Alba. I'm sorry, I thought right? you meant Pete Davidson. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> no. Um, I don't know who the girl in that is. Jessica Simpson, I think. Is she is she employee of the month, maybe. She's, She's in a, employee of the month. Another Dane Cook vehicle. <laughs> That's right. He's been with a few Jessicas in movies. Yeah, fair enough. He had a moment with some Jessicas. Right. I think that's what's happening with our young Pete. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just having a moment with the Jessica of his time. The Bridgerton lady? Bridgerton girl. <laughs> okay, good for him. <laughs> she looks like she's like 15, though. She sure did in the show. Yeah. She's not, though. Is she? She's probably going to host snl at some point i don't know they already had they already gave it to reggae jean page what do you mean like it's like the biggest show of the year is it the biggest show of the year no for that to that point why don't they have anya taylor joy that's what i'm thinking but especially like critically speaking let's go on reddit (laughs) lavar burton needs to host look i think i think anya taylor joy should host jeopardy (laughs) that would be incredible as beth Harmon, she sees the answers on the ceiling (laughs) Yeah, I want to see that. That's good. All right. Well, we've done it. There we are. <laughs> She's just like downing a handful of pills before going back to us. <laughs> because that's what makes her good. This is my strength. That's a good show, man. And J-Lo and A-Rod broke up again. Did they? Yeah, they broke up. <sighs> Now's our moment. Jennifer Lopez has been engaged so many fucking times. And how many times has she been married? She's been married three times. But okay. she was married to um, Diddy. We got Diddy. Diddy. Yep. We got Mark Anthony. Anthony. Mark Anthony. So she didn't. She didn't get engaged to Mark Anthony. She just kind of married him. Okay. 
which made up for the engagement to Ben Affleck that was never married. Right. So for a while, she had been Gee. married. She had been married and engaged three times, but there were four men involved. Yeah. And now she's been engaged four times, married three times, five men involved. Wow. So all this to say, I, I watched about half of the wedding planner the other day. <laughs> Why did you do that? Well, because we were planning our wedding. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a strategy <laughs> no it's a huge mistake i think i think this movie is the downfall of the romantic comedy of the early 2000s like i i think we had like jerry Maguire, mm -hmm. and they peaked yeah and then we had this like long run that essentially killed the reputation of the romantic comedy and and created this air that they're all schlocky and formulaic. Yeah. And I think maybe the wedding planner is the catalyst for that happening. I remember it's got your McConaughey. Her name is Mary in the movie. <laughs> I remember. Um, the only thing that would be funnier is if Matthew McConaughey's name in that movie was Joseph. Yes, that would be odd. Um, I remember my sister watched that movie and it inspired her to become a wedding planner. And although we were in maybe junior high at this point, definitely not high school, possibly even elementary school, okay, but probably junior high, um, my parents were astonishingly supportive discouraging oh <laughs> of that to the point that like my sister was super upset they were like you can't be a wedding planner like a wedding planner is not a thing and it very much is a thing especially it a now thing. it is a thing for sure but maybe that movie like brought on a a bunch of wedding planning i'm surprised that that movie inspired such a life choice because it doesn't glamorize the profession she's clearly very lonely she was so impressionable <laughs> my sister not jayla we, we all watch the wedding planner and we just feel like j-lo we're blank slates when we watch the wedding planner it's bad dude it's very bad i don't doubt it it's yeah. like 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 w movie bad yeah i think so yeah her name is mary <laughs> in the movie i love that i didn't love it we turned it off you didn't finish it nope God. I think I finished it back in the day. Like the I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure I've shot. seen it before, but I don't know where it's going. Except, of course, I do. <laughs> They're going to get together at the end. Oh, you think? Spoiler alert. All right, let's talk about them. Okay. Did you watch it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, of course. Well, because I didn't watch a show last week because I couldn't access it? No, no. I just thought you would have texted me like a scary emoji or something. I can't look at gore. Right. In particular, neck and facial trauma. Yeah. There's none of that in this episode. No, there's not. But it's like, I find this scarier than it's someone's throat getting slashed. I guess. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not really averse to scary though. I'm averse to um, gore. Mm -hmm. And often those two go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And the threat of gore can be just as upsetting to me. I didn't really feel like that was going to happen at any point. This is like a monster thing. There's like a, well, it's what uh, Bill Bill Simmons would call a, there's something wrong with the house, the house. thing. Yeah. Sure. A little bit, but Jen was like, the way Jen described it, and I know we're going to break it down really quickly, but Jen said, the racism enough was scary. That's what the show is and about. And then the next level of that, I know that's what the show is about, but still, they make it. They make it scarier than. Oh, Allison Pill is terrifying in this show. She's very scary. Yeah. Uh, who is going to recap this? Uh, do you want me to do it? 
Yeah, I, f- I feel way more confident in your skills. <laughs> you feel way more confident if you don't have to do it at all. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, I'll do my best here. Okay, we're putting you on the clock. You got 30 seconds to recap. Okay. In three, two, one, them. It takes place in the early 1950s when the emigration happened. So essentially, uh, a, a lot of black families moved from like Tennessee, Mississippi towards uh, the coast. In particular, this family moves to Compton. They're the first black family to live in Compton, and they are very much not welcomed by the white families around. Also, there's something weird about the house when they're looking at it. Their little girl goes to like sniff the basement. The dog sniffs the basement door, and then the little girl checks on the dog, and they're like, don't go down there. And then in the end, the little girl gets out of bed, and she hears the dog collar rattling, and... She sees at the kitchen table, it's the middle of the night. There's like a demon sitting there. Oh my then, God. Then the demon approaches her and scars her neck. She doesn't, she's not Strangles dead. Strangles her. Like just like, like looks like, like kind of like shows, it's shows very quick. the hands. And then all of a sudden the hands just go. And it lurch, the lurches at her and it's just a split second. But then the next morning, it's almost like there's like two different parallels happening here like two different universes one which is more evil and one which is more grounded but like the mother who is not settled here she knows immediately that there's something not only like horrifically racist about this but like something like very off about this house and so she goes in and checks on her kid who's been reading this book by the way in which there's like a mean old miss vera right and so this little girl keeps saying that it's miss vera who's like attacked the dog or um, it was Miss Vera who attacked her last night and she's right. got this scar on her neck now. Sure enough, uh, the dad, who is you know quite a charming dude and he's got like a job in the city. Um, As an engineer. Yes. He finally goes down into the basement mm-hmm. and the dog is dead the down there. there. And that's, you can see that coming a mile away because um, like the, the neighborhood is having these meetings. Yeah. Basically like, how can we get rid of this family? Totally. Um, and the men are like, well, I like plan A. Let's get the mutt. Right. And so you know the dog's going to die. Right. But it doesn't appear to be like the racist white people. It appears to be the demon, unless there's some kind of overlap there. Uh, well, I think maybe what's happening is, is the daughter, and I kind of just came up with this, but the daughter is interpreting racism as like evil demons for sure the the mon the monsters of it all is a metaphor for racism in general but really like someone broke into the house and it's like scarring her in a different way i think yeah that's good um like it's almost her rationalizing it which is a terrifying way of rationalizing it but the other thing uh that i wanted to bring up was um the yeah the the neighbors all sitting around the house oh yeah like basically like playing music like all the all the ladies in town they like set up card tables in the street and just stare at the house yeah and play their radios they're playing like 400 radios it'd be just as annoying for them but the fact that it's targeted just at this one house yeah to try to get them to leave and the the mother is no stranger to like terrifying like basically being like hunted no um because the first scene in the show crazy old lady who's been a crazy old lady and a lot of things so this is back at their old house back at their old home in in north carolina yeah Yeah. north carolina okay um and and obviously like you know the mother goes outside because she like the dogs bark at the door and so she opens the door and there's this like lady kind of like singing this like old kind of like 
plantations on, which is like not cool. No, <laughs> no, it's this like horrible like slavery song, I guess. Yeah, and she's like got she's got, has no teeth and she's just right. like awful and sneering. Yeah, and she's not really actually. She's I don't even know if she's singing that at first, but the dog goes out and she like seems like she there's a possibility that she might be friendly or crazy, and then you know that the lady's daughter is inside um, and and crazy lady asks lady if she can have, did I say daughter? I meant son. Yeah. Um, son Chester is inside, the oh baby. Oh my God, yeah. I and forgot about Chester. Chester's gone. And what at one fuck? point she brings a chest out <laughs> that has from under the bed that says C-E, right. I guess, with her last initial. Um, and oh, so Chester's gone. Wow. And so she's bringing that down. So she's scarred from whatever. And that the, the, oh, the other totally daughter totally forgot about. Yeah. That. Right. So that's, that's a big part of it yeah. too. Is like, cause they have two daughters. Totally. They have two daughters and they're done running, mm-hmm. but they like, we don't know what happened with Chester. Right. Somebody probably killed their son, and that and they they that's what it seems like ran here. It seems like crazy lady and her like cronies were like hunting the family. So later on, their little girl starts singing this song, and mom freaks out. She's like, "Who taught you that song?" Right, and it's done in a very terrifying way. It's like, so it scary. Turns turns all Jen. Jen was like under a blanket yeah. at this point. Oh, it's scary. It's yeah. there's no question. It's very you know, like I will not want to get up and pee in the middle of the night tonight. Right. Um, <laughs> There's like a thing when uh, they're looking at the house for the first time, the realtor's showing them the house and she's like pretty nice and she's just kind of like selling the neighborhood. Right. Um, and Oh, she was in Grey's Anatomy. That's yeah, she's, she's from. She's from Grey's, yeah. yeah. And the mother looks at this like clause in the housing contract, mm-hmm. which is basically, it's, it's called a covenant and it basically states that um, black people can't live in this neighborhood. Like, right. like by law, uh, n- nobody of... I don't know how they phrase it, but like basically only Caucasian people are allowed to live here yeah. uh, unless uh, you're the employee of a Caucasian family or something. Right. And so uh, I think her name is uh, Olivia, Livy. Um, she says to the realtor, like, well, what about this? Like, why couldn't you have told us if we aren't legally allowed to live here? And she's like, don't worry about that. You can't legally enforce covenants anymore. It's just like old paperwork. Right. Uh, and I guess that's true, but then like Allison Pill is like the 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 queen bee of the mean psychotic fifties housewives, and um, like you said, she's she's as scary as anybody in the show. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a terrifying show, and it's done by Lena Waite. She's produced it. It's oh, she's it's, produced it. it's okay. written and created by somebody else. I wanted to ask you, and this might be a, like a pedestrian question. It might be an ignorant question. Um, but you've seen us. Yeah. How similar is it to us? Because I and I only ask because I I know that that was like allegorical, and mm. and also there were like two versions of all the characters, right? And I feel like maybe that's happening here with at least the daughter. Yeah, I don't know that it's necessarily. It is funny though because it's us and them. Yeah, I thought of that. Um, but no. I mean, I'm sure in, in ways there are, are takeaways that we're, we're supposed to get from both that some of them might overlap, but I don't think so on, on its face. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's going to end up being a little different. I think us is more about, you know, the, the mirror that we hold up to ourselves 
uh, even though we could yeah be be extremely different people okay i think that's what what you're supposed to take away from us interesting which is also terrifying oh i'll never watch us yeah never ever i kind of feel like the world is missing out on not more allison pill do you know what i mean like i I feel like she is owed the opportunity to play like a shield operative in a marvel movie or something Mm -hmm. like give her a little bit more exposure because like she was on a trajectory for a little while she's in midnight in paris she's in the newsroom She's in that movie Snowpiercer, I think, wasn't she? Which is like a couple years later. I don't know if she was in Snowpiercer. She was in Snowpiercer. Okay. Uh, I asked you to be generous, but I know for a fact that she was in Snowpiercer. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and then she's kind of like uh, Scott Pilgrim. That was, I guess, around the same era. Mm-hmm. Goon. Goon, for sure. Well, she was engaged to Baruchel for a while. Yeah. Um, and I feel like like she's obviously so good. Um and uh, she plays a good evil person too. I, I'd like to see her on like a bigger stage. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree. She's got an interesting vibe about her. Mm-hmm. Is she Canadian? I think so. All right, let's go, Allison Pill. Yeah, we're in your corner. Oh yeah, always have been. <laughs> What's going on in Pill Corner this Spe- week? <laughs> Speaking. Of, so we we we've covered Pill Corner, but. Kaplan Corner. Nothing in Kaplan Corner. No, this week. no updates. No. Well, wait Kaplan. a second. Do you give this show your S? Will you watch more of it? I want to watch more of it, but Jen doesn't. So this would require me watching it by myself, which seems like an even like more daunting task. Yeah, I couldn't. I mean, I'm. I can't be confident to. I. I, I mean, I can't watch it by myself or otherwise. So, so I, I give it my S. I think it was a really good pilot, mm-hmm. but no, definitely not watching more. Right. So we give it our S. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when they flashed like a title card at the beginning and they give you like a little bit of history on what yeah, em- emigration is and like about like Compton and um, I thought it was interesting that they phrased it in such a way that like makes it sound like this could be a true story. They're like the following is what happened to this family at this in house. the course of 10 days. Yeah. So yeah. like it's fiction, but like that's a great uh, horror movie trope where they kind of like plant the seed that maybe this happened in your world and now you can be really afraid. And it was kind of like Tarantino-esque. Yeah, I guess the, that's like, true. Like yellow printing on the screen. and Oh, yeah. Stylistically, it, it was, was really cool. Really cool. And they're showing like the number of days. Yeah. Um, and uh, just like the production quality of it in general is great. Like this like city street that they made. Yeah. They have some really good uh, like urban uh, Los Angeles cityscapes that they create, which look like a little bit pulp. Mm-hmm. Like they're not like fully realistic, but in a way that's actually quite graphically pleasing like when he goes to work and i thought that was like a really in general i thought it was very nicely done yeah yeah we're on board for this yep. show i like a period drama i just don't like all the monsters mm. that's why i like the queen's gambit that's right the monsters were were drugs were drugs yeah yeah the monsters lived within her mm-hmm. but she overcame them mm-hmm. we should do a rewatch on that i would it honestly like it it lived so largely in the spotlight for two weeks. Yeah. And then it was gone. Then we talked about Bridgerton for like four months. I didn't see that much Bridgerton. I don't feel like we have to talk about it that much. No, we don't. No. No, no. We It we was don't a very big it, show. There's no it's question. A, it's a prescient show. It's amazing that Shonda Rhimes had another enormous hit. Yeah. Like she must be like, are you guys serious? Like another, <laughs> that, this is nothing like what I do. And somehow it was the biggest show ever too. She's like, I'm just hitting home runs constantly. Constantly. Got to yeah. respect that. Sure. So next week, go off queen. Next week we have the new, uh, Kristen Milioti show, which is also on prime. 
Yes, and it's a show, not a movie. That like kind of futuristic one. Yeah, is that right. I don't okay. know much about it, but yeah. yes, I know that much. And I feel a little weird suggesting this, but John Stamos has a new show on Disney Plus that he promoted on Howard this week. Wow. And like maybe it's kind of good, except it sounds weirdly like the Mighty Ducks. Oh really? <laughs> he plays like a former athlete who like has a bad attitude, and now he has to coach. Oh my god! So yeah, it is the Mighty Ducks, and it's on Disney, so it, it has to be like pretty soft. But I think it's like a like a family study about like you know learning to be patient and kind and decent. Sure, let's do it. Anyway, that comes out. I'm here for Stamos, so we're talking too. we're talking Stamos and Christina <clears throat> Milioti. Yeah, I think that'll probably be an easy uh, slate for next week. Great. I was also thinking we should probably do a, a show show movies movies at some point too. Yeah, I'm down for that. Okay. What like a uh, you pick a movie, I pick a movie kind of yeah, thing again? Right. I already know what movie I'll give you. I don't. I think you should probably give it some thought. Can you give me the movie now, or do you need to withhold that info until I give? You I can the give movie? you the movie now, but don't watch it right away because no, no. we should we should save it for the podcast. But you got to see Clueless. All right. Okay. And the movie that I give you, I think, should be somewhere on that level. Well, maybe you normally give me crime movies. I've given you two crime movies, I suppose. Well, I, Pulp Fiction, I guess, is kind of a crime movie, but there's no police in it. Okay, but it's about criminals. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I suppose you don't but, have to stick to any kind of genre. No, no, no. Okay, cool. All right, I got clueless. I'll, I'll, I'll come up with something. Yeah, I'll give okay. it a think. All right, that's coming up at some point. Great. Well, I wouldn't say this has been my best podcast, buddy. Why is that? I don't know. That was fine. I think I probably came out too hot with that skateboard thing. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> it should have been a surfboard. Well, that there, I'm not gonna go. I nah. can't. I can't go that far. Okay. And just because, like, I don't even see how that's fun. Surfing? Yeah. Surfing something I've always kind of threatened to do. And I've tried it multiple times, probably like five times. Like on vacations, you'll give it a shot? No, all, all here. Okay. I don't think I've ever done it. In you don't have country. a surfboard. No, if I did, I think I would be going. But yeah. I, my thing was I didn't need to get another thing. Well, and it's a big thing too. It's a big thing. Allegedly, we have really good surfing here. Yeah, we do. But I just like- Can I confirm. I just don't, I, do we get like giants out there, Lawrencetown? Like, can you really like get up there and it's a big wave? I think it's more of like a consistency. It's like a consistent, like rideable good wave. See, the thing about surfing is it's not at all about getting from A to B. It's not. No. No, it's you're just literally. just about that one second where you're up there. I know. And that's what I find kind of discouraging too. Cause I'm like, if I, if I go snowboarding, then I can have that can cruise for a feeling while. for a longer time. Yeah. I've never but, done that either. I've never snowboarded or skied. But I think that's part of the beauty of surfing is like, yeah, you really got to catch it right. You got to like reel it in. You just got to like chill out. And then when the right wave comes, you ride your wave, man. Okay. Sounds like you have the right attitude. <laughs> yeah, I know. I Well, I, I can talk about it in a way that seems like I have the right attitude. But right. actually being out there, I think I'd get a little impatient. Maybe. I think spirit and attitude is like nine tenths of the way to being a great surfer. <laughs> okay, perfect. I'm a regular Spicoli. Yeah. <laughs> hey, bud, let's party. So listen, Will Smith didn't do anything shitty this week. The only thing he did is probably a very good thing. Uh, he pulled his movie Emancipation, which is like about slavery. He pulled it from the whole shoot is now moving from Georgia because of Georgia's horrible voting laws. So that was the right thing for him to do. And I don't know how we can uh, twist this into Never Trust Will Smith. Yeah, that's a tough one. Never Trust Bernie Madoff, though. We, we said that earlier. You know who I'm getting kind of Smithian vibes from? Who's that? Anthony Mackie. 
Okay. You know, he has a couple a couple lines in the in the most recent episode especially where I was like I feel like this guy might have studied at the school of Smith. You know, you're kind of right about that. His comedic sensibility is similar. He's got a comedic sensibility while being able to perform in a highly like action uh genre. Yep. You know, I haven't watched what am I three behind on Falcon Winter Soldier now? Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, like, I believe it's, you. It's it's a fine watch. Yeah, I believe you. And hey, it's do you do you trust Anthony Mackie? I guess is the million dollar question. I gotta still trust Anthony Mackie. Okay, all right. So we're leaving this week off trusting somebody. <laughs> yeah, I I don't think we can we can distrust someone. No, no. Yeah, no. I don't I don't have an issue with uh, with Anthony Mackie feels weird though right we feel un- incomplete yeah i mean maybe this with this week and never like we can we can trust will smith for this week but maybe just like keep an eye keep an one, eye out we can do one of those things where you like write him like a hall pass yeah where you're like for, for for now we trust you but this expires hey will smith you're on probation exactly <laughs> yeah it's one of those things okay okay all right so usually we don't trust Will Smith for right. reasons that are explained early on in, in show show episodes. Right. This week we're giving him a pass. He seems to have made a pretty conscientious decision. Right. Um, but on the go forward, he is on notice uh, and we probably won't trust him next week. So as we always say, temporarily trust Will Smith. That's right. Put your judgments on hold for now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of glad this podcast is over. <laughs>